it's, it's amazing life to me. Like I, I'm sitting back saying, whoa, but is there something that you feel like you didn't do yet? Oh. You know, I would have liked, uh, I would have liked my dad to have been around with the grandkids more. Mm. Yeah. To see the grandkids. Yeah, I think when I think of myself, I've already had so much and I still feel like at this moment I have so much, I'm so grateful. And I have this great theory that you can't simultaneously be grateful and feel anything negative at the same time. It's impossible. You can't do it. If you're grateful, you can't feel envy, you can't feel jealousy, you can't feel rage because wow. you're grateful. The only thing you can be is gluttonous. That's facts. <laughs> Y'all niggas can't be serious right now. I'm the all-time heavyweight champion of flowers. I'm leading the league in at least six statistical categories right now. Best flow, most consistent, realest story, most charisma. I set the most trends, and my interviews are hotter. Jog in the graveyard, spawn the same ring that was housed by the building when Malcolm X was slain. I spring train in the winter, around early December. Run suicide drills over and over. With the weight of the world on my shoulder, that's why they call me. Being God, but I work hard and hard. Wake up the birds, so when the nerves are asleep, I'm catching my second win, the second the first one ends. I'm not afraid of death, I'm going all out. I circle the vultures in the van, I run the block, pull up in the drop. Push up for my money. Push up. I'm in great shape, Dunny. Dunny, 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 Jumping 36 sets like a personal trainer. I teach coke to stretch. Ooh, I pump ooh, and rock ooh, and sweat. All white. I show you niggas what pain is. Maintain your... Yeah, I had to open a pod with some dope words from Robin Thicke about gratitude. It had me thinking about my own gratitude and how I had to learn how to be appreciative and be grateful for, you know, the people around you that you care about the most, but also be appreciative and grateful for the things you have accomplished in your life. Sometimes when you're on the hustle and you're moving so fast, you don't even have time to think about the things that you've done along the way and be appreciative and grateful of those things that you've accomplished. Big or small, doesn't matter. The big ones, pause, are just as important as the small accomplishments. So it just resonated with me on a personal level. So I wanted to share that with y'all. Anyway, next. And now a New Center 3 special report with Frank Dobson and Chuck Taylor. Good afternoon. I'm Chuck Taylor. Frank Dobson died last night in his sleep. Our top story. As we all know, Congress recently approved paying over a trillion dollars to African Americans as reparations for slavery. Well, today, the first checks were sent out. Is life imitating art? The reason why I asked that question is because an interesting story had developed a couple days ago, New York Times story. The title says, California panel calls for billions of reparations for black residents. Now, this is a very interesting development that's going on in California, where after the George Floyd debacle um, back in 2020, California's governor, Gavin Newsom, decided to put together a task force that can, uh, that's comprised of a bunch of scholars, uh, legislators, a bunch of different people that will you know, essentially study how reparations could potentially become 
um, a reality for all the inequities in the state as far as discriminatory things and the drugs on war, uh, the war on drugs, the, the redlining, you know, all of the stuff that's been happening in California, even the police brutality. So this this uh, task force was essentially put together how to put all of those things in perspective and uh, somehow put a dollar amount on all of these things. So this happened a few years ago, but now they've come to their conclusion. So before I get to all of those things, uh, let me read a little bit from the article. A California panel approved recommendations on Saturday that could mean hundreds of billions of dollars in payments to black residents to address past injustices. The proposals to state legislators are the nation's most sweeping effort to devise a program of reparations. The nine-member reparations task force whose work is being closely monitored by politicians, historians, and economists across the country produced a detailed plan for how restitution should be handled to address the myriad of racist harms, including housing, discrimination, mass incarceration, and unequal uh, access to health care. Now, what's even more interesting is that they've seemed to come up with or devised a plan in how payments could be calculated. This is the most important part because we, every time we get into a conversation about reparations for blacks, we can never get the ball across a halfway point because finances become the part that gets the whole movement mucky. But this task force seems to have come up or devised some sort of calculation where it looks pretty good. So. Let me just uh, break it down real quick. So one such estimate laid out in the report determined that to address the harms from redlining by banks, which disqualify people in black neighborhoods from taking out mortgages and owning homes, eligible black Californians should receive up to $148,099. That estimate is based on a figure of $3,366 for each year they lived in California from the early 1930s to the late 1970s when federal redlining was most prevalent. Now, to address the impact of over-policing and mass incarceration, the report estimates each eligible person will receive $115,260 or about $2,352 for each year of residency in California from the 1971 to all the way to 2020 during the decades-long war on drugs. Yeah, so let me stop there real quick. So they clearly have come up with some kind of um, calculations to how these payments will be calculated and how they will be dispersed. So the financial part of the argument that always mucked up these conversations in the past when it comes to the federal government and giving us ancestors what we fucking deserve was always finances. How do we do it? How do we do it? How such thing can be done? Well, these guys have laid out a blueprint on how it could be done, not just in California, but nationwide. So let me get to that in a second. Um, let me read this part. So for those who Let's say, you know, you have a grandparent that's been there forever who was there for, you know, all of these timelines. Here it is. In theory, a lifelong state resident uh, who is 71 years old, the average life expectancy could be eligible for roughly $1.2 million in total compensation for housing discrimination, mass incarceration, and additional harms outlined in the report. All of these estimates, the report notes, are preliminary and would require additional research from lawmakers to hash out specifics. The costs to the state were not outlined in the report. 
but totals from harms associated with housing and mass incarceration could exceed $500 billion based on estimates from economists. So let's jump into that. So let's just take that number right there, $500 billion. Now, you may be saying out there, for those who are opposed to this, I don't see how you could be opposed to this. I don't see how you could be opposed to people getting what they rightfully deserved that they never got, even though they was promised to get something. You know, just think about that. You were promised something by, you know, whoever. And, you know, they told you to do a certain thing. And after that certain thing, this these things will happen for you. We're talking about the Civil War. We're going to fight for you. You're going you're gonna to join us because it's, it's going to be beneficial for you to join us because A, you'll get your freedom. That's a good thing. But also B, we will set you and your family up for future generations to come with 40 acres and a mule. That never happened. And then throughout the decades, time and history, you had redlining, you had Jim Crow, you had, you know, the 60s, you had all this, the 80s of Reagan, all this bullshit that never, ever, ever was accounted for. So shout out to California for trying to get the ball moving here because it's way overdue. So the $500 billion, let's get back to that. That is a good starting point for a program like this. Now, for those who may be opposed to this, like I said, here, let's get to the other finances. How can this be done? Man, that's a huge hole in any kind of, you know, budget or anything of some sorts when it comes to a state. You know, it's a state. It's not a country. How can they afford this? Uh, let me put you on game real quick. California is a $3. trillion GDP every year. Well, actually, that climbs. Uh, another thing about California that you may not know, last year, around the end of the year, about November, December-ish, Cali became the fourth largest economy in the fucking world. The world, Craig. The world. Think about that. The state of California... Not the country of America. The state of California has the fourth largest economy in the world. This is not states. This is countries, continents. Like, this is all of that. All the above. California is the fourth largest. So if there's anyone who can afford such a program, it's California. So um, now let's get to the, you know, the other parts that, you know, I'm playing devil's advocate here. So let's get to the other parts as to why this may take a little longer to implement if it was to ever happen. Right now, this is like kind of fairy dust because these are recommendations. These things still have to be enacted. This still has to be even brought up for a bill. And so a lot of steps have to take place. But the groundwork has been laid here by this task force. So credit to them and credit to Cali again. But there's a lot of steps that have to come after that because, again, the retractors would say, well, California, last year you had a $100 billion surplus. Now you have a $22.5 billion deficit. So A, you're already operating in a deficit. So anything that you may hope and dream for to achieve this year may be far-fetched because of the almost $23 billion deficit. Okay, cool. Put that to the side you still have the groundwork in place to really, really change some of the sins of the past when it comes to this goddamn country. Uh, let's get to another quote here. You know, this is from an economics professor in Tulane. His name is Gary Hoover. He, uh, uh, you know, I'm going to read a quote that he said and why this is an important thing to, to do. He said, 
This is about closing the income and racial wealth gap in this country. And this is a step. Like I said, it's a step. You know, you have to make a good step. And this is one of those. He also goes on to say, wealth is so sticky and it, uh, wealth is sticky and is able to be transferred from generations. Reparations can close that stickiness. So remember when I was talking about mucking things up? That's what it is. It's all mucky. When you get into the, to the money, it's, it gets really hairy. It gets sticky. Pause. You know what I'm saying? So this is definitely a good, um, indication of people finally being awake at the wheel and saying, hey, let's get this movement going. Uh, another tidbit that I want to throw in here for you guys to know is like just some statistics. You know, the median wealth of black households in the United States is $24,100 when compared to $188,200 for white households, according to the most recent Federal Reserve Board Survey of Consumer finances. In California, a recent report from the nonpartisan Public Policy Institute of California found for every $1 earned by white families, black families only earn 60 cents. The result of disparities in, among other things, education and discrimination in the labor market, which I've felt all of this. <laughs> Personally, have I felt all of this, especially the discrimination in the labor market. You know, you, you don't have enough education, so screw your experience. And, you know, so they, they play these little games when it comes to having any entry point into any success. Every t Anytime you hear something like this, in, especially in a, a big publication like the New York Times, there is some movement happening. Then there is going to be some type of groundwork laid out in a state like California, which is supposed to be, you know, a really, you know, the most liberal state in the country, really. Um, it's going to have to, it's going to take a state like California, just like Denver, when they broke through with the, uh, you know, the, the weed and, and California as well. They were first, but Denver kind of really broke through on a legislative level as far as recreationally and how that is accepted in that state. Um, it took someone to kind of move the ball a little more forcefully. So hopefully California is that boulder that's coming down the hill to wake up other states because you got to you got to understand in this country, nothing's going to get done federally. It, the, the federal government is completely bought off by all the corporations and all the wealthy folks. That's a fact. So the only hope you have to get any kind of decent legislation passed in this this country is through the state. The state is like the last defense mechanism we have as citizens, because like I said, the federal government is completely bought out. So in order to get any kind of movement, just like we're getting movement with marijuana, uh, reparations is going to have to be a statewide movement. California, and I know California being the leader in that would definitely help things along. Who knows? Maybe New York would get involved. Uh, maybe Massachusetts, like Boston, would get involved. You know, other, other places, uh, southern states, you don't even have a, a chance really right now. But this, again, great step. I'll keep you guys posted on any future developments on this story. It's important. And I think our generation needs to kind of nagging. We need to nag our local officials and start bringing this up a lot more. So maybe we can get our own task force in our own states and push this forward. Because if you're uh, an ancestor to slave uh, slaves like me, then this is definitely uh, something that's beneficial to not just you, but your families uh, down the road.